It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. Man, that's good stuff right there. Well done on Twang Tuesday. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. The Discover event is on right now. They're blowing out remaining 2023 GMCs. Discounts up to $8,000 plus 0% financing. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. That's a hell of a deal. All right, Daniel Nugent Bowman later on this hour. We're glad you tuned in. Jason Greger coming up at 2 today. Big game tonight. Chance for 14 wins. You know, this is like impossible, and yet it's happening. Role play. Hmm. Declan and Tide, your knob lock. Do you try Perry at second right wing or third right wing? I do like 55, 71, 37 back together. I would leave the top two lines alone. I would run McLeod, Holloway, and Perry. I know that's unusual because I'm using the third and fourth line center, but I think I, like Perry with those two guys, it's, it's irresistible. He is really smart. He's a guy who could, you know, teach a lot of things to a lot of people. And now the fourth line would have to be, you know, slide in an, uh, an acquisition if it works at center. But you could run Derek Ryan, uh, Gagne, and um, say Yanmark on the fourth line. I mean, I, I I think what Ken Holland said yesterday was you can expect Corey Perry up and down the lineup. And so far this year, if you look at like Sam Gagne as an example, he's played some against the elite, some against the mid-level, and some against the soft parade via puck IQ. He's done that. So this is sort of wide open. Perry is a responsible guy. He's sort of like Corey Brown, or Corey Brown, Connor Brown. I'm just, you know, mixing and matching names now. Frank said, mister, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's all good. Happy Tuesday, gentlemen. You too. Sonny James, a little bit south of Saskatoon. I know all the Sonny James song. Do you know that I emceed a Sonny James concert in Red Deer? How did that come up? Real good. Yep. Real good. And uh, Kitty Wells, too. I know all the big stars. Can you explain why Hyman keeps getting stumped for his first All-Star game in his hometown? He's having a bitter season that Kyle Connor. It's not like that. It's the 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 way I, I have this conversation all the time with people. It's what is the All-Star game for? It's for representation of all the teams so that in Columbus, they can say Johnny Gaudreau made the All-Star game. And then people go, their fans are like, oh, I like Johnny Gaudreau. I'll go watch him. Or the kids will go watch them. So, you know. Everybody has to have representation. The Oilers have, like, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl. They could have, like, on this team, Hyman for sure, Evan Bouchard. And that, you know, you could go on and on and on and on if you wanted to. I mean, Matthias Ekholm, hello. On Twang Tuesday, should also change the name of the show from Lowdown to Hoedown. <laughs> Don Messer would come back to life and sue us. I thought Declan's second grade teacher was Mrs. Arnold, not Mrs. Andrews. Who's Mrs. Andrews? Also, the orders are legit. They don't need deadline help from Vin. No, it's Mrs. Andrews. I might have said Mrs. Arnold. That is possible. 
Greetings, gentlemen. Who was the over? What was the over under on coaching changes at the start of the season? Todd and Bonneville. I'm not sure. Usually, it's what four, three or four. I did not have Jay Woodcroft on my bingo card. Swinehunt is something a German parent would say. I've heard it a time or two. Yeah. That's from Jaina. I love the idea of Gensel, but there's zero chance we can re-sign him. Unless we're offloading Campbell, Kulak Plus probably starts with an eight to re-sign, I imagine. Well, you're renting. My point was, if, if, like, if I'm... If I'm, I've been like I've been paying attention to Kyle Dubas. He had a lot of nice things to say about Darnell Nurse, who he had in junior, and he talked about analytics. He talked about how much he played against the best players in the OHL. So if back then he did that, and we know the career he's had as an NHL general manager, you sure as hell know he knows what Phil Broberg is in the AHL, and his underlying numbers in the NHL are not bad. He's sheltered. That's different than being bad. I think you could get, I think you could get, now you might have to give a pick too. I don't know what Broberg's value is, but I think you could get against a lot of, as a rental out of Pittsburgh. I'd, I would not do that deal, but I think you could. And if you're Ken Holland and you're, you know, all in on all in, like, the, have you ever seen the movie Michael Clayton? You know what's crazy? I just started watching it uh, like a couple weeks ago and I got like halfway through, went to bed, never finished it. It's a great movie. No, it was good, but it was one of the movies you really have to focus. You have to pay attention. It's not. Did really... you get to the part where the car blows up? Yes, I did see that part with the horse. That's a fantastic yes. scene. It was a great scene. Yeah, that My was about God. as far as I got before I turned it off. And went to bed. Oh, okay, all right. Well, it's really, really good. I like when he's in the room and he's talking about. They just talking facts about what you do, like how you're a handler. That's a great movie. You, you got to watch the rest of it. How can you turn a movie off like Michael Clayton? I listen. It's what it's a movie you really have to focus on. You have to pay attention. And I was too tired, so I went to bed with the full intention of picking it back up at some time in the future. And I just haven't got around to it yet. But I will. I liked it. It was good. There's a lot about you that is you know bothersome. There's the cheese thing. Now this. <laughs> Maybe Mrs. Arnold had a point. How will they afford Gensel? Well. Kyle Dubas will eat half of it. It's the trade deadline. If it's $6 million, it won't be the end of the deadline. It'll be way less than that. It's a rental. They can do it. I am Shiva, the goddess of death. Michael Clayton is amazing. It sure is. That comes from Gruff. So good. I cannot believe you turned that off. Suck it up, buttercup. Have a coffee. You know, you, you parade about 11 every day that's free here. You should be able to take one home. I don't know why they let me in the building. If we could, if they could make the money work, do you think the Otis could get Mark Andre Fleury for the playoffs? Uh, I think that Ken Holland will call about it. I don't think it'll happen, but I think he'll call about all the famous people. That's what he does. Would you rather have David Perron or Jordan Eberle? Ah, Brad, don't you can't ask me that because because Jordan Eberle is is like a son, so. I got to look at Perron's numbers. Look at that guy. He's a 4,000 years old, and he's hammering away, probably end up with 20 goals and 
40, 45 points. Okay, hold on. Um, a quick glance tells me that, well, geez, I like Everly a lot. I will say Everly. I'll go with my heart. I would love to see Everly back here. I'm sorry, but I would. Good afternoon, Low Tide. This is from Gord Oil. That's the way he talks. Good afternoon, Low Tide. I really don't think Broberg is going to get moved to the deadline. I think he is our extra D-man for the depth of the playoffs. I believe the first two first-round picks are more likely to go. Gord Oil, I think that's a very good point. Broberg for a rental makes no sense to me. I'm with you on not making that deal. I feel like getting to Foley or Everly would be much smarter rental options. Well, I think both are in play. Or would be in play if everybody falls out of the playoffs. Rental is too much for a top six tweak from Wes. Yeah, I just... But here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. Do you ever watch a movie where where everything is at stake? Like, everything. Like, um, Search for Red October. Or was it Hunt? Hunt. Hunt for Red October. Get those words wrong. Where the guy goes, you idiot, you killed us. Well, it's it, there. There's the pursuit, and right now, that like the orders are a country song. What's the one about the money ran out and the engine blew? Was that uh, Heads Carolina, Tails California? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, that's what this is. That's what this is. Like, and it's it, like it, this is this. I guarantee Daryl Cates is excited about this. Like, this is a pretty cool thing. This is why Ken Holland is in the business he's in. Because now you like you have to make your choice. You got a new GM coming in. If you're Daryl Cates, are you seriously gonna, you know, let Holland trade everything to win the Stanley Cup? And the answer is yes, yes, you are. So, some goofy radio guy can talk about Philip Roberg, but if you can get something that can help you win the Stanley Cup, who cares? When you're bad again, you can draft another Philip Roberg. This is winning the Stanley. This is for all time. This is forever. Fred Shiro said it, win today and we walk together forever. And they did. Bobby Clark, Rick McLeish, Reggie Leach, Oris Hinderchuk, Ross Lonsbury, Bernie Perrant, Andre Moose DuPont, Jim and Joe Watson, Gary Dornhofer, Bill Flett. That's a lot. And I, that's just me. I could, like Terry Crisp was on that team. Give me time. Seleski, Dave Schultz, Bob Kelly was on that team. Bob Taylor would have been the backup goaltender, a third goaltender. He would be on that team. Barry Ashby, Ed Van Imp, Tom Bladen. Who did I miss? And they, like, that's 26, that's 50 years ago, guys. That's what the orders are right now. That's what Ken Holland is thinking about. Do I, do I hold up on trading Philip Roberg in the first round pick? Or do we, do we just, you know, Manifest destiny ourselves to a Stanley. I I think Daryl Cates is like in the car, driving it, pedal to the metal. The gear shift has been ripped right off. The steering isn't great, but he's got it pointed in a direction. And, you know, hell bent for leather. It, it, this is what it is. And we'll worry about whatever else is happening when we come to a stop in the summer if something's on fire or smoking, we'll look at it. But right now, just, you know, last chance Texaco, 
check the oil, check the gas, check the everything you can check, and then trump it. Just go. That's what they're doing. And Corey Perry thinks they're going to win because that's why he signed here. What's the buzz with Jacob Chikrin? Not for the oil, I think. No, I think Ken Holland could have had him a year ago and it didn't happen. I did mention Leach, one of my favorite players. Do you know that Reggie Leach started a bit of a brouhaha back in the day? The Western, at the time it was called the Western Canadian Junior Hockey League. I believe Ed Shanath Shunath, uh, was, the, was the president of the WHL. And the Vancouver Canucks were new. I think they'd, they'd already had one season. And maybe it was the first season. And they had this number two overall pick. Gilbert Perot goes to Buffalo from the Montreal Junior Canadiens. And Dale Talon ended up going to Vancouver. And the WHL was so mad at Vancouver for not taking Reggie Leach. He spoke out about it. Ed Schnauth spoke out about it. True story. They were like mad as hell that their guy didn't get drafted by the Vancouver Canucks. And you know what? They were right. He was a better player. Last season, no one had Ekholm on anybody's radar. Holland plucked him out of the blue. Who would be your best guest this year's Ekholm? Maple Jed. Right-handed center. I don't know who it is. Right-handed center. Right-handed center. Right-handed center solves everything. Right-handed center. Because you could do anything with any... You could put McDavid and Drysaddle on the same line. If you had a right-handed center who had skill, right-handed center, damn straight. You get that guy, you're cooking with petrol. Okay. I don't know what Daniel Nugent Bowman is cooking with, but he wrote a great article on Corey Perry yesterday. We'll talk about that and more. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Joined now by... No, we're not. Hey, Daniel, sorry. I think I lost you uh, there for a second. Not joined yet by Daniel. I thought we had Daniel, and then apparently Declan called his bookie, which I get. I understand. It's football season. But we are now joined by Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. How are you, sir? I decided to call an audible and 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 little trick 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 play and left you there for a second. Actually, I don't think it was me this time. So. Well, sometimes Declan <laughs> he has telephone Tourette's. He just hang up on you. So just so <laughs> you know, smart. Yeah, all good. Yeah, no, ready to rock and roll. So I have to tell you, I loved your article on Corey Perry. I love the opening line where you said it perfectly. Corey Perry wearing a blue practice jersey with the Otis crest and number ninety on his helmet was truly an odd sight. After years of him being a thorn in their side, this is taking a while to digest for Oilers fans. That's fair, right? I would think so. I mean, yeah, <laughs> after all the years of of this team and these players battling him. Um, now, I mean, he goes back. He, he said in his press conference yesterday, you know, talking about the, the 2006 team. Like, that's how, how long he goes back. And, of course, none of these players, uh, at least in Edmonton, have been around that team. Uh, but in 2017, I mean, that was a pretty epic series. And, uh, I mean, Darnell Nurse fought him very recently. I'm trying to think which year, but, but, but definitely while well, I've been on the, on the beat. Uh, so, yeah, these guys have had a lot of run-ins with him. And I can't think somebody will – you'll probably think of someone else, but I, I can't think of a more 
uh, odd kind of player in terms of, uh, you know, current player uh, to be wearing an Oilers uh, jersey than, than, than Corey Perry. So uh, just strictly from the hockey side of things, um, it's, it's truly an odd uh, fit for the eyes, but a, a good fit on the ice. And then, uh, of course, uh, you know, most of my piece covered kind of the, uh, uh, you know, the off-ice thing and ha- uh, situation and how he left Chicago with his contract being terminated and kind of the uh, the scrutiny that that should uh, kind of entail as well. So there's a lot of moving parts or, or a lot of uh, ways to look at the situation, I sh- should say, when it comes to Corey Perry and being an Edmonton Oiler. I, I liked your, your framing it as a distressed asset and Holland being there. Uh, he likes famous guys. Uh, Corey Perry is older, but and he's not fast, but he does a lot of things that help a team. And Holland is kind of the king of that. He he hires famous people in age. You know, he probably feels like Perry's mid career. I mean, to be honest, this is a Vander Kane two point I mean, different players, different circumstances, but two guys that had their contracts terminated in the in the middle of the season. Um, I would say with the Vander Kane, we we knew a lot more about. Uh, what had gone on there, what led to his contract termination. And, and quite frankly, with Evander Kane, um, you know, they were, he and his agent were, uh, came out and said that they were going to grieve that right away, and they did. And um, there ended up being a settlement, uh, of, you know, several months later. Um, there's a lot we don't know about what happened with, with, um, with Corey Perry and, the, and Chicago. I mean, um, uh, but that kind of, kind of like bleeds into this whole situation where, uh, you know, the, he, was, he was essentially, uh, his contract was terminated for a workplace incident. So in a normal situation, um, that's a workplace. And, and, you know, he was fired. He was fired by his company um, for something untoward. Um, so he's got a week left to see if he, to make a determination that the PA does uh, on his behalf, uh, if that contract is going to be grieved, uh, the termination rather. Um, and, and so, I, again, I think there's some scrutiny here. And, and that's, again, out of the Ken Holland playbook, uh, brought in Evander Kane that, granted, has, has worked out pretty well. Uh, obviously, since he's got his contract uh, extension there, hasn't worked out quite as well. But I, but I would say injuries have played a large part in that. But, yes. uh, you know, um, and he brought in Jake Bertanen last not this past training camp, but the one before. I mean, uh, that was somebody who uh, was just in uh, British Columbia Superior Court for, uh, you know, sexual assault. Uh, he was found not guilty, but he brought uh, Ben Holland brought him in while a civil trial was still ongoing. So, um uh, you know, it's uh, you know the optics of it to me aren't great when when you don't know exactly what has gone on. And, and Ken Holland did his best to do his due due diligence, but even he said, you know, he doesn't know exactly what went on for all the people that he talked to. So um, obviously, more to the story. And um, you know, I, I thought it was worth uh, questioning and writing about because uh, it's very similar circumstances to what happened with the Vander Kane, and everyone was all over, uh, you know, Holland and, and the Oilers for that situation. Um, so I think the, the same should be the case for, for Corey Perry. But, uh, you know, as long as uh, we're talking about the hockey player, that's a different thing. And I, I think there's a, you know, a real a useful uh, player that can help the Oilers team. But, the uh, again, the situation, the optics uh, aren't particularly um, tasteful, in my opinion. Well, it's – and I mentioned this yesterday about politics, but the sports is the same. It seems like there's a playbook, and the playbook is – 
you wait until it it you know dies down like in politics if you've got bad news like you know the government has spent 40 million on a figuring out a toilet that will work in space and it's not going to work you release that information friday afternoon at four and you hope nobody notices it it seems to me yeah. sports is a little bit like that right if there's a, a a transaction or thing you're going to do you wait a while because People are busy and they go about their own lives and the next explosion happens and then everybody's talking about that instead of your thing. And that does seem to be the case with a lot of these incidents. Fair? Yeah, I mean, I guess there is more of a uh, history, I'll say, with, with what, you know, uh, with Evander Kane. But I, I recall a lot of outrage. Uh, I, I recall a lot of people thinking, oh, this is perfect. He's the perfect player, which he was. I mean, look at how well he did in that first playoff for this team. Um, but that outrage didn't really seem to exist based on what I've kind of seen and heard. And, and certainly the, the tenor of the press conference yesterday with, uh, if you look at the press conferences between Evander Kane, uh, being introduced and Corey Perry being introduced, there's no, there's no comparison. Um, and, uh, you know, again, Corey Perry got, got fired from his company, basically, if you look, cause that's a workplace incident. It's how, uh, Chicago deemed it. Um, um, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, they waited almost two months. Um, obviously, you know, he felt he needed to work on himself a little bit. We don't know, you know, really what that means. And of course, he's entitled to his privacy. You know, we're not going to probably know all of all those situ- you know, circumstances as well. Um, but yeah, you know, time passed and, and things kind of were a little bit forgotten about. Of course, there's the timeline as well. He had to sign before the trade deadline. Uh, to be, uh, you know, act- an active player for for a playoff team too. So there was a timeline here. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it uh, I, to me it just uh, some similarities. Not 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 the perfect match between what happened with uh, the Oilers and Kane and the Oilers and, and Perry. But uh, the way things were um, handled, at least in the in the public view, uh, the press conferences, all that nature, uh, very very uh, polar opposite in my mind. And, and I, I it, you know, I, I don't think that is necessarily fair. Uh, do, right. Do you take Daniel Nugent moment, our guest from the athletic? Do you think part of it is that that so much was public right away for Kane in that situation? The the organization was very public about about it, uh, and and not as forthcoming from any sources in this one in the Perry situation. Are you talking about kind of? Uh News of the Oilers' interest coming out? No, no, I'm talking about when, when San Jose basically, you know, uh, moved on from Kane. It was quite public, sure. and their and their tone was quite public and very, very aggressive. I didn't, I didn't feel like the same uh, torque was used by Chicago. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't know all the, the circumstances, so I, I don't want to, you know, speak out of, out of turn or whatever. But obviously, you know, there. If in a workplace incident, they you know they're they're trying to obviously protect somebody else here. I would think uh, in terms of Chicago, right? So uh, versus San Jose, you know, uh, Kane uh, just got um, suspended 21 games for uh, passing a, a you know a forged uh, uh, COVID-19 vaccination, and then there's a failure to report after the holidays there. Um, so that stuff like. They clearly wanted him. Uh, there was a, you know, a, certainly a more of a, um, uh, you know, the, the the sharks and Kane were, <laughs> you know, at each other a little bit. Like they, they, that relationship wanted to end, you know, especially on San Jose's part there, uh, to terminate a, a contract. Whereas, you know, it was a little bit different. Again, again, a workplace incident with with Corey Perry um, signed to a one year deal as a as an older player. Uh, There's less money for Chicago to get out from. Um, 
And, uh, you know, uh, by all accounts, uh, and, and my colleague Mark Lazarus did a piece, like he said, about a week before this uh, all happened, that, that Corey Perry was like the model teammate, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, very, so, so that's, you know, there's, again, that's, you know, what I'm saying with, with the, you know, there's some similarities between what happened with Kane and, and the Oilers and, and Kane and, and um, or sorry, the Oilers and, and Corey Perry. There's some similarities, but the, the circumstances, at least up until the time that they were signed, where there are some differences, some key differences uh, there as well. Do you feel, Daniel, that, that because Holland is, he signs Perry, Dylan Holloway looks good, Calvin Pickard's being talked up by the organization in a big way. There's two possibilities here. Either it'll be a relatively quiet deadline, which I don't truly mm-hmm. believe, or maybe they're going to go after a Jake Gensel or, or maybe a, like a, a bigger name, um, and use some of that firepower, whether it be the first round pick or whatever else. Do you see them trading the first for a rental? And do you think they have a need in an area like a right-handed center uh, or something like that that would be sufficient to, for them to to invest some real assets to get the player? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I think there are a couple of key, uh, I wouldn't call them needs, but they are areas of upgrade. And, and Corey Perry, again, for all the kind of... Um, you know, scrutiny and, and, and the kind of, um, you know, the circumstances with him brought, being brought in kind of being a little uh, off, we'll, we'll say, um, you know, I think even at age 39 and, and or sorry, 38 and, and 39 in, in May, it could be a really helpful player for this team. And, and so um, they need a little size and skill in their bottom six. Uh, Dylan Holloway, I mean, we're one game into the experiment of him playing center. Um I think there's still a, a spot available for him on the wing if he can't uh, be a center on this team. But yeah, I, th- I think they need a right-handed centerman, ideally, or, or at least another center option. And um, I think you're looking probably you want to upgrade the defense. Now, the obvious and, and key spot would be uh, Cody Cece's uh, spot as like number two, right D, number the number four defenseman. Um, yeah, I mean, there are fewer right-handed defensemen available uh, in the league than, than lefties. And so, you know, they obviously made the trade to uh, to, to get um, Echo last season, which was a huge coup for them. Um, it's a little more, more, a bit more challenging on the right side. So uh, goaltending is another, uh, obviously another issue um, that it's just tough to find the right guy and the way Stuart Skinner is playing. And, and, you know, again, you talked about Pickard being uh, talked up and, and Jack Campbell playing a bit better now. Um, you know, there's, there's the, the opportunity or, or, or you know, it, it could ha- it could be the case where they, they just, you know, stand pat. Now, um, a big splash, yeah. I, 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 again, it, there's, it's got to make sense for the cap. I, I think they could make a big splash. I, I think even with Perry, you know, even if Evander King can get going, I, I think there's still a, a top, you know, a middle six wing uh, position that needs needs filling or, or uh, would I, would ideally be upgraded. Uh, obviously, right wing would be better, uh, but I think you can you can find either wing and, and kind of patchwork it and make do. Uh, Gensel's name I know is out there. That's a, a very interesting player for the, for this team. I think he'd look great in, in this uh, in this jersey. Um, uh, I know he's a UFA after this year, but I think that's the type of player you're going to give up a first round pick, which should be in play at the, uh, under the right circumstances. They shouldn't just be giving it away, but uh, they should be using that um, that uh, you know asset to their to the best of, of their abilities. And uh, somebody like Gensel would be worthy, in my mind, of giving up that first round pick. And if they can get him, 
well, they, I mean, they're going to have to give up other things uh, to, to make the money work. But uh, the first round pick should be going for somebody like that, even if it is just a rental. I wanted to ask you, I've asked this question of others, and I, I, I don't know whether I've received an answer that, that is totally satisfactory, and that might just be me and my bias. But when I look at, at Gagne and Yanmark and Ryan and now Brown and, uh, and Perry, um, there is some speed in there, but there are also some slow boots. How many slower players can you have on the third and fourth line? That's a good question. I mean, it, it kind of depends, I guess, how this team um, is, is, is going to look. I mean, if Dylan Holloway is, is your center, I mean, there's some speed. And he, he and Ryan McLeod have some speed. Now, are they upgrading in the top six and Warren Fogel goes down to your bottom six? I don't I don't know. That that, that adds a little bit more speed and, and, um, and, and you know, forechecking ability with Warren Fogel in your bottom six. So, yeah, I, I certainly – I mean, Ryan and Yanmark to me are, are very similar players. Obviously, different different handedness. Um, uh, one Ryan being six years older, but um, you know, I, I think they both. You know, there, there's some merit on having both of them on this team as, as penalty killers, but there there is some redundancy there. Obviously, Connor Brown. Um, you know, his struggles uh, this season have been talked about ad nauseum, and, and I mean, he should be a better player for the team. I mean, they're counting on him to be a top six player, and. If he can't be, I mean, I, I think there's there, – there's, I mentioned in the story is a, kind of a one-liner, but there's a real uh, choice, I guess, for Chris Knobloch to, to make come Saturday if that's the one Corey Perry needs to go into the lineup. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, ideally they need um, a little bit more speed in the bottom six, but there could be a little bit t- of tinkering to do uh, within the roster. Um, otherwise, I mean, you're – Kind of like hoping for the best, I guess, in that regard, because this is the roster that, that uh, uh, you know, you kind of have. You're not going to completely overhaul the top six right now. So a little bit of speed would be a little bit more speed, I should say, would be nice. But, um, you know, I, I think in terms of um, uh, overall uh, importance and, and, and uh, the wish list and, and the priority list, I should say, I, I think it's a bit lower down than some of those other things I talked about. Got a final question. I'm just going to push it a little bit on this. Would you be shocked to your shoes if when Perry goes in Saturday, Connor Brown is the guy who comes out? I wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, we've already seen him scratch once before Christmas. Um, no, I, no, I wouldn't be. Um, uh, to me, it's, it's you know, Adam Murray's already off the roster. Um, it's it's kind of between Brown, Gagne, and and Derek Ryan. Just you know, because of handedness, I, I think uh, yeah, Mark stays because he's a lefty. Um, but uh, you know, he'd be the, the next guy kind of in line there. Um, and, and you know, Dylan Holloway should be up here to play. I mean, that's what he's here to to do. So he he shouldn't be in the mix to, to come out. So I, I think it's you know, uh, Brown, Gagne, or, or Ryan. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, I think if you're looking at penalty killing, I don't expect Corey Perry to kill many penalties. I think that puts uh, Gagne at a bit of a disadvantage. But, no, it would not shock me in the slightest if, if uh, Connor Brown came out. I really enjoyed that Perry article. Thank you, Daniel. Have a great week. You're very welcome. Talk to you soon. All right. Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. I highly recommend that. There's some really good stuff in that Corey Perry article um, that I think that you, you know, I would recommend to you. 137, we have been on fire in the text line. And I have been remiss in, I have just not read enough, but I will make up to next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Loretta Lynn on Twang Tuesday. 
that became a hit and then a hit movie. I have a story about that movie to tell you. Can, do I have time? Uh, no. Okay. No, sorry. Um, Cold Miner's Daughter was a huge hit, and Loretta Lynn was a massive, massive country music star for decades. And they decided they were going to make the movie of her life when it was called Coal Miner's Daughter. And the producer, I don't remember his name, but they decided on an actress and they had to tell Sissy Spacek that she didn't get the part. And so they took her out to dinner and they are saying you didn't get the part. And she's, she's holding a wine glass as they tell her and she broke the glass and she ended up getting the part. That's how intensely she wanted that part. Now, that's the kind of intensity you're going to have to have when they talk to you about replacing me. If I want this job. You know, you got to okay. break a beer stein. i got to channel my inner sissy. With your... <laughs> okay. Um, well, you've got to be that intense. Okay. All right. Is what you've got to be. I can do that. I can turn up the intensity a little bit. Uh Lots of feedback on Daniel's uh, 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 interview. There, his uh, segment. Not sure why there's no so much. Not sure why there's so much controversy about around the Perry signing. Signing. If a rock star employee does something foolish at the company Christmas party, HR gets involved and the rock star gets bought out and escorted from the building. There are several companies waiting in line to hire him. Unless the foolish act was criminal, the rock star is back to work for a competitor in short order. Even quicker if he seeks counseling. Why should a hockey star be any different from Phil? What, what Daniel was saying was that the, the, there's two things. Number one, the nature of the media avail was different than the Evander Kane. Uh, media avail and then there also are you know he, he mentioned that Ken Holland had done his due diligence but admitted that there were things he didn't know so there's there is a story that may be nothing there's there's we don't know that's what his point was so he's, he's not like saying I know there's something going on he's saying that that the the tone of everything was different my belief is more information was released early on by the Sharks in the Kane situation that framed it in a certain way. That was not the case in this particular instance. We are not entitled to know all the details regarding Perry's dismissals from the Hawk. Sean from Campbell River. Well, I guess it depends on your point of view. Um... If the team and the player, like if, if he grieves or if the NHLPA grieves, I believe more information would come out. And if they don't grieve, then people may assume that that's information you don't want out there. So there's, there's going to be, whether you like it or not, there's going to be the court of public opinion. And that is something you have to deal with. I'm not making this up. This is how the world works. Low Tide, haven't heard Jonathan Taves' name in a long time. Is he an option, Greg, from Sir I do not think so. He has not been mentioned by anybody. I think he is, in fact, retired. My Guys, my guess is 50-50. Perry will grieve for $4 million. Your guess, original six. I don't know. It's interesting. We're, I guess Daniel said, a week away. I, I'm, 
I'm, what I'm saying is that I, I will defend Daniel's uh, uh, questioning in the media avail and also what he said here. I think that his points are well taken. And, you know, like I get the idea of like the fan idea, like, oh, well, just, you know, we'll be a sign, shut up about it. But that's not how, that's not how it works. And there are implications and there are possible ramifications or it's nothing. We don't know. And when you don't know, it leads to speculation. That is how the human condition works. I find this line of thought out of line. Perry wasn't suspended by the league and no one has any idea why the contract was terminated. Why have such a derogatory opinion? There's no derogatory opinion. There are unanswered questions. That's what it's about. There's no, there, nobody is saying anything. In fact, we're going out of our way to say we don't know because we don't. Claude Giroux, Al, good night. Well, he'd be a great get. I don't think he's coming here. He's really at home there. I mentioned Joe Watson. I mentioned Moose Dupont. I did not mention Bill Barber, and that's on me. Crazy trade proposal. I don't even know if it's legal. Could the oil trade Campbell to the Sharks and then trade back for him a year later? No. Then buy him out. No, none of that. You can't. What is it, a year? No, there's no way that would happen. Especially with the oil. They'd have to send Calgary three third-round picks. There's an awful lot of insinuation. There was an awful lot of insinuation for someone who doesn't know. I think what Daniel said was it was a different media avail. And those questions that he felt were were important to ask. Good thing Declan only uses red solo cups. Levon Helm from the band was the father in Coal Miner's Daughter, and he was brilliant. If 97 is fine with it, so am I, LOL. Alan, major difference between Kane and Perry. Perry has never had controversy follow him before. Kane did from Rayla. That's a very good point. Do you think Campbell makes uh, gets moved at the trade deadline to free up cap space for the Perry and Brown contracts to account for this year's cap? Uh, I think it's an idea. I think it would be very difficult, and I think the, the, the asset cost would be too high. That's my opinion. I would not do it. I would, I would not do it. Where have you seen those Philadelphia Flyers walking together? Well, they walk together in history. Some of them have passed away, unfortunately. But they are together forever. And they, you know, in the life they led after 74 and 75, they were always attached to each other. Defense and goaltendings win championships, give up the assets for that, not the scoring winger. The 1980s Oilers have called. They, they're on the phone. They want to talk to you. Fogel and Kulak for Everly and Alexiak with Picks and Broberg for retention. Well, everything at stake. The Kawhi deal. Got a ship in T.O. It's time. Hey, we didn't talk about that trade, by the way. Can you run that down for us? Which one? Well, we I talked about Joel Embiid, and we I, we did not mention Carl Anthony Towns, sixty two points, but Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, yes, Kyle Lowry has been shipped out of Miami uh, along with a first round pick for Terry Rozier. Now, the way I look at this trade is, if you're looking for a guy who can go out there and be a bucket getter and get you shots when you need to, you're looking at Terry Rozier. But is that what the Heat need? They have guys who can get buckets. What the Heat have built their success on in recent memory has been the culture they've built, and I think Kyle Lowry is far more. 
significant to that culture than a guy like Terry Rozier would be. Terry Rozier, like you look at his numbers, and I've, I just said it, and I stand by it. He can go out there and get you a bucket, but his numbers. They don't really contribute to winning basketball. They look nice on the score sheet, but outside of his time in Boston when he was, you know, the fourth, fifth option, he's never been a guy who's contributed to that winning. Kyle Lowry is a guy who has a championship mindset. Kyle Lowry is a guy who's been there. He's a good veteran presence. The Heat need that in their locker room because they need to get over the hump, and that's something that a Kyle Lowry could contribute. Terry Rozier, sure, he can go out there and get you a bucket. He can go out there and get you a few of them, but is he going to contribute to winning basketball when it matters? I fear he may not. Well put. Thank you. Should have had that at the beginning of the show. That's my fault. Oh, hey, we got it in. It worked out. Why do people need to know everything? It's not our business to know what happened with Perry in Chicago. The lead did minimal, if anything, and if he says the green light, not my business. I don't care. I love the signing. Simple from Sean. Sure. I understand that, Sean. But the role of media is to, and, and it's important to be, like, curious about these things. Um, what happened, there's not a lot of knowledge that's out there and publicly available. And maybe that will always be the way. There's people to protect. There's all of those things. But the the freedom to ask the question, that's important. And that's what Daniel was talking about. And it was a different, it, it was a different feel. I read a report shortly after the trade that said Charlotte is expected to flip Kyle. And I had actually read a, I was just texting uh, our friend J-Mac back. I had actually read a report that they aren't planning on flipping him. So, oh. you know, I'll have to, you know, dig a little bit deeper into it. But uh, what I saw is that Charlotte's going to roll with him. And I would imagine they're doing the same thing that he would have done. You know, Charlotte is a very young team. They have this guy in LaMelo Ball who's a, you know, very good player, bright future, but they don't have any real leadership. They don't have a core group that right. they can depend on for things like that. And I don't know what Kyle, Ra- Kyle Lowry's role would be in terms of minute per, minutes per game. I would imagine somewhere around 15, 16, but he'd be a guy in that locker room. So that's interesting that J Max says that. I'm going to look into it a little bit more, but what do I you, read. Do you think Kyle Lowry would be happy in that role? No, no, I think Kyle Lowry was far happier in Miami. The Charlotte Hornets are terrible. But what I'm, maybe there's two things are true. Maybe the organization wants Lowry to keep him, but maybe Lowry doesn't want to stay. I would imagine, I would imagine that is probably the situation both parties are finding themselves in. Okay. And then you, you know, because NBA players control a lot. The only reason the 80s Oilers called is because they couldn't text. Matt Leduc wins the day. They should keep Lowry as mentor, Husks. You, but the NBA isn't like that, right? The NBA, you just like you're like okay, you know, he's not coming. Did you see Harden last year in the yeah, offseason? But Harden's a guy who still had something left in the tank, and we've seen that he's putting up decent numbers in LA. There are players who will accept that role later in their careers as a mentor on the end of the bench. Andre Iguodala did it when he returned to the Warriors. Not that they necessarily needed to be mentored. Udonis Haslam was that for many years in Miami. Kevin Love, to a degree, at his in his time at the end of Cleveland before he came to Miami. So there are situations where it happens. But to your point, if you feel like you have something left in the tank, you want to go play. And with how much money they pay NBA players, you want to get paid for that next contract. Well, I totally know about working for the next contract. All right, so we're done here. We've done great work. Tomorrow is what? Wednesday? That means McCurdy. Who else do we have? 
We've McCurdy, and then it is up to interpretation as okay. of right well, now. What about you? Have you done like, some kind of wacky Wednesday thing? Well, if you want to give me a wacky Wednesday NBA segment, we can work that in. But, you know, like I always say, it's your show. I don't want to take any shine off you. I'll, I'll do what I'm told, and I'll well, do it proudly. You're not working hard enough on Wednesdays. I know that much. All right. Thanks so much for tuning into the Lowdown. Please enjoy your day. Jason Greger's on the way next time for an update.